Hey, y'all. Welcome to the White Coat, White Collar Podcast, where we help current and aspiring STEM and healthcare professionals demystify the career landscape. I'm your resident host and corporate scientist, Dr. Aurelia Whitmore. Each and every episode, I'm bringing you along as I talk shop with active professionals. We're discussing career journeys from white coat to white collar and everywhere in between. So turn the volume up and let's get this interview started. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have Tori Moore here, cosmetic chemist for P&G, brand ambassador, entrepreneur, mommy, <laughs> HBCU graduate, the whole nine. Hey, Tori. Hi. That was like the most amazing welcome ever. I just want to say thanks for um, having me on your platform. I'm super excited to be here and just talk to you and your listeners today. Awesome. I'm so happy for you to be here. So we have so much to get into today. But first, I'd like to start off with a pretty cool icebreaker, which I like to do for some of my guests. And so for you, the icebreaker is what was your first job ever before stepping foot onto a college campus? Yes. So my first job ever was actually in high school. And it was a different type of job. I actually worked at the courthouse. So here in Cincinnati, we had this program where you can sign up to work at the courthouse, kind of like an intern, a high school intern. So I actually got to be a bailiff for the summer, which was just super different and exciting. I got to learn a lot about, you know, how the courthouse is ran and just meet judges and things like that. So it was a fun and different experience outside of like for me. Right? That is cool. And you said a bailiff? Bailiff, yes. What I is, was I'm, not, I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> so they actually sit in the courtroom. They go through the cases. Like if anyone is coming up to be like tried, you actually like pull their records. You just do a lot of paperwork, a lot of filing. You make sure the court is in order. You make sure like no one is being disruptive. No phones are like out. So it was very That's interesting. Cool. Like It made me be like more stickler about, you know, some things for sure. (laughs) So pursuing that, though, like you mentioned, it being totally different from STEM and what you do now. Do you think that experience kind of like maybe pushed you more towards STEM or did you go into undergrad thinking like, hmm, maybe I could tie law into STEM? No, it pushed me more towards them. Like, I was already set. Like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I just like to be, like, more well-rounded. So that was just something that helped me to become more well-rounded. So not be, like, so shy, be able to, like, speak up and things like that. So it definitely helped. And it also helped with organization. I will say that because Mm. everything had to be in order. Yes, for sure. Okay, that's awesome. And so... You are an HBCU graduate, Central State University, and you pursued chemistry for your undergraduate. And even now you're saying you knew exactly what you wanted to do. So was that due to your high school experience? Like why Central State? Why chemistry? Tell us your story. Yes. So Central State, I actually went to Central State because my mom and my dad went to Central State University. Um, It's an HBCU here in Ohio. It's another HBCU, which is a private one, Wilberforce University, which is right across the street. But since my family had roots at that university, it was easy for me 
to make the choice to go there. And even when I reflect now, I'm like, I'm so happy I went to an HBCU because like, even when I think about my educational experience, I started in a private school where it was predominantly white. I probably mm-hmm. was like one of five in the whole school being black. And then yeah. I transitioned to high school, which was a little bit more diverse. But then like going to an HBCU, it's a totally different experience. Like it's, yeah, it's, for sure opportunities for us to succeed and to grow in a different way. But specifically, when you think about like chemistry for me, it was passion. Mm -hmm. So I became interested in STEM at a very young age. At five, I actually began making my own products in my parents' bathroom. I mean, I actually didn't know it was science at the time. Like, I had no idea. I just thought, you know, it was just fun for me to, you know, stand in the mirror, make my products, like, talk to myself, like, okay, this is what this does. This is how it's going to help you. And then once I actually realized it was science, that's when I was like, okay, I have to immerse myself. And my parents knew I was, like, skilled in this space. So they mm-hmm. immersed me in, like, STEM-related mm-hmm. programs. So, mm-hmm. like, Nesby, Academic Bowls. I was, like, in robotics, chemistry oh clubs. Like, anything yes. you can think of. Okay, they were Central State parents. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> they were putting me there. And I'm, like, that's so awesome. appreciative of that. And then from Are there, the that's when child? I I am not. No, I am one of four. I have two okay. older sisters and I have a little okay. brother. So I'm the baby girl. Okay. You can kind of tell in my personality. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, from there, that's when I really like, once I knew like I loved like STEM and chemistry, that's when mm-hmm. I kind of like chose my career because I have that passion for like science. Um, I had a passion to be like creative and solve mm-hmm. problems and just like make mm-hmm. a difference. Yes. And then of course, it was something that I was good at and that I mm-hmm. love to do. And then just thinking like, okay, I can go in this lab. I can create products. I can change yes. someone's life. It was just yeah. amazing. And just something that I was like super excited to potentially be able to do. That's awesome. So when I think of chemistry, I always think of orgo. So are you one of those like chemistry folks that like aced orgo and helped the class and loved orgo? Like, and do you even use orgo today, like as a cosmetic chemist? Like, is that even something that's even relevant? So I actually gravitated more towards analytical methods. And I use those a lot now. So Mm -hmm. I was just obsessed with being able to understand the science, understand like the composition of materials and things like that. So I really gravitated towards analytical methods. But then like in the back of my head, and that's like when I think about when I think about academia, it's so interesting because I I knew the cosmetic science portion of it, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. from academia. It was from Mm -hmm. independent research on my own because in the academia space, I really didn't get that. So Mm -hmm. I had to like give that to myself. But to your question, I was more so an analytical. Okay, um, makes sense. Always by the HPLC, trying to figure things out, trying to test things. So (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. So Tori, like. During undergrad, you pledged, you were nominated senior vice class president, you were a track and field athlete, you held office as vice president of the American Chemical Society, and like the list can go on. So how did you juggle this in undergrad, like all of the things? I mean, pledging itself is a lot, and you did that 
plus some. So how did you juggle all of these things? Yes. So I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. As you said, I was the senior class vice president. Um, I actually played volleyball as well. Love volleyball. (laughs) And I always like, I see myself just as this multifaceted person. And I love to like Mm -hmm. always have my hands in things. But it takes like preparation. So one skill that I acquired early on that helped me during that time, and it definitely still helps me today, like as a working in corporate America type of person, Mm -hmm. is just planning for balance. Mm Because when you think about undergrad, it's like you're balancing academia in your extracurriculars. And then in the work life, it's like work-life balance because then you Mm -hmm. become a mom. You know, you may become all of these different titles and you have to balance it. So it was important for me to learn that skill early on. So the three main things that I tried to focus on was just like being very selective. Like I said, planning, Mm -hmm. taking like calculated breaks. It was very important to me to be selective about like, where am I spending my time? Like, where am I investing my time? Is it important for me to even do this? Am I passionate about this? If not, I'm not doing it. And then the planning piece is how am I investing my time? So really making sure like the things that I cared the most about that I did make sure that I had time for that. And then calculated breaks for me is always like just super important Mm -hmm. because you don't want to burn out. And you knew that in (laughs) undergrad, like you, you were conscious of that. I feel like in undergrad for me, like I was just like, just trying to make it. Yeah. Like that was a time, honestly, to, I think that's where I was first learning how to take calculated Mm. breaks because, you know, a lot of times you're undergrad, you're, you know, it's so much going on and you don't know how to say no to a certain extent. So that was Mm -hmm. a time for me to be like, okay, no to this. This is more important or no to this. My mental health is more important. And I'm happy that I did learn those things like a little bit earlier on. Yes, for sure. That's awesome. And so I also want you to tell us the importance of standing out. And you kind of mentioned it a little bit, like being strategic on the decisions that you make. If it's something you're not passionate about then you're not going to put your time there. And so for you in undergrad as a junior, you were given the opportunity to be an intern at Procter & Gamble. So was that one of those strategic, passionate moves? Like, did you know right after undergrad, you maybe didn't want to pursue grad school, you wanted to work right after? Like, tell us a little bit more about the journey to intern and why that was important for you. Yeah. So first, like you said, like standing out and that's something that I feel like is important for anybody. I don't care if you are five years old or if you're 80 years old, (laughs) like standing out when you think about just getting opportunities. One of the best ways and something I always tell my mentees is just be yourself. And Mm. I feel like society pressures you to a certain extent like you have to fit in or you have to be like this person or you have to talk this way you have to Mm -hmm. know exactly Mm -hmm. what this person knows and Mm -hmm. for me that's just not true I think everyone individually like you're so unique you're so different you're so special Mm -hmm. like I'm just like that mommy motivator like you're so different like you're so unique and I feel like people need to play upon that a little bit more because like at the end of the day no one can be you but you like no one can offer the things that you can offer to the world whether it's the way you think the way you make connections like just being Mm -hmm. you is just so powerful within itself and I think people just need to understand that a little bit more and just be confident in who they are because I Mm -hmm. think that's something that like 
allowed me to like want to reach out to be an intern at Procter and Gamble. Mm. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, this is a daunting company. It's you know, it's so huge. Like you have to be the best of the best to get there." And you know, sometimes that comes with doubt. But if you start mm. to be like, you know, I'm who I am, and I'm amazing, and I have something great to offer to the world, you can do and go anywhere that you ever want to go just with that little like belief. But yeah, like how I actually got to Procter and Gamble, it started with a program, which I actually found on the campus of Central State University. It was a flyer in our engineering building. Um, and it was the Research Your Future in Science seminar. And it was a STEM related program. And growing up in Cincinnati, like I always knew who PNG was. I was like, I'm gonna yes. work for PNG. Like yes. and it's funny because like a mm-hmm. lot of people don't even know what PNG is like outside of Cincinnati. Like it's a big uh-huh. company. Like when you get older, you yes. you know more about it. But right, like right. at my age at that time, like when I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, did you guys see this flyer? People was like, you know, what is PNG? Right. Um, but yeah, like when I saw that flyer, I saw the PNG logo, I saw the bright yes. colors. I just snatched the little paper so fast. <laughs> I went back to my dorm room. Yes. Yeah. Like I went back to my dorm room. I went online, I searched everything, got the requirements. And I think within like by the end of that week, I mm-hmm. actually submitted the application for the program. And shortly after, I got notified Mm -hmm. that I got into the program. So specifically at this program, it was focused on showcasing research and development and how Mm -hmm. to use science degrees beyond undergrad. So that Mm -hmm. was the first time that I actually was thinking like, okay, like maybe I don't need to go a little further. Like maybe I just Mm -hmm. need to, you know, I want to see what this is about. I want to see what career opportunities I can have if I stop Mm -hmm. now. Not to say that that is where I will stop forever, But like if I stop now. So before that opportunity, you were planning to pursue graduate education or um, higher education. Hmm. Okay. I was was specifically thinking about going to UC. They have an amazing program there. And that was one of the places that I was looking at. But once I got the opportunity to learn a little bit more about like what could be true, it was intriguing. (laughs) And I just wanted to see what was possible. They definitely delivered because we were able to interact with like scientists, like real scientists, you know, like when you're an undergrad, you know, you have your professors and they can tell you about their experiences if they did go out and do certain things. Like they can tell Mm -hmm. you about their experiences, but to actually be in the lab, like actually Mm -hmm. spend time with these people, learn what they do on a daily basis. It definitely intrigued me and kind of like kind of catapulted me in that area. But like after the program, we actually had an opportunity to interview for a internship and mm. yeah, so this was in college. And wait, interview for our internship or interview for employment after the internship? Yeah, so this was actually the summer program prior okay. to my internship. Yeah, gotcha. so at the summer program, because the application was national, so it was like 1,200 mm. applicants. Wow. And they only selected 12 people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was a part of that 1% that got selected to be in the program. And then After the program, I interviewed with a few sectors to try to get an Mm. internship. And then I actually got an internship in beauty. Um, So that's how I, yeah, so that's how I like kind of like transitioned (laughs) to there. So yeah, that opportunity was like golden. It was like a golden opportunity. 
for me. Wow. That is so awesome. And was that the, I guess, department that you were interested in or maybe wanting to join? Or were you just like, you know, whatever opportunity I can get, I'll take it. (laughs) I made it very clear. I made it very clear. I was was laughing at myself because I actually interviewed with like home care, oral care. So like toothpaste, teeth whiteners, things like that, and beauty as well. But I made it very clear. I was like, hey, guys, like, y'all need me at this company to work for y'all in beauty. And this is an area that I'm passionate about. Like, obviously, I'm passionate Mm -hmm. about anything that has to do with science. But specifically, I feel like a lot of my skills, again, when we talk about setting you apart, some of the skills that I acquired on my own set me apart and would actually give the company an advantage by using me in this space. And I think they saw that as well. And how did you do that? Like, what did you highlight about yourself to emphasize that you are different and who you are can bring advancements to science and to the company? I told my story. It's all, like I said, about like being confident in who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. Like being confident in that, Yes, I only have a bachelor's degree, but you guys mm-hmm. need me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's something that I went out and did. Like, you yeah. know, I'm passionate about this. Like, when I'm not in a school setting, I'm still researching this. When I'm not in a school right. setting, I still know right. about this. You know, like, yes. those type of things that's unique to you. Yes. Make sure you tell people about that because they will mm-hmm. see and they'll be like, okay. Like, you, you make it kind of easy. Like, you make it easy for people. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. So with you going right into a corporate researcher role as a student researcher, why don't you describe that transition? I mean, I know for me being a PhD student and then like getting my first job, it was an adjustment for me. It's very different. It's very, very different. So Discuss your transition from a student researcher to now a corporate researcher. What are the differences with things that you have to kind of like, maybe if there was a learning curve, what did you have to adjust? Tell us about that. Absolutely. So I think for sure the internship definitely helped because I always like talk to people who come into the company without an internship and the learning curve is greater. But Mm -hmm. like you said, it is a learning curve from an academia researcher to a corporate researcher. And I think like the similarities, as I said before, like the analytical methods, how you approach problems like scientifically, just like the basic fundamentals of science. um, Mm -hmm. Those Mm -hmm. are very similar. The differences for me is I had to learn that there's no wrong answer. And that's something that people don't always think about. But like, really, it's like, when you think of things, it's kind of like powerful within itself to be like, it's really no wrong answer. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a yes or no question. It's a, okay, this is what I was looking for. Or this is a learning opportunity for me. So I kind of had to relearn like, okay, if this fails, that still taught me something. How do I capture that? How do I share that with, you know, the organization so that they know this is what I learned? Like, could it be true or different in the future? We shall see. But this is what I learned from this this experience or whatever. So, yeah, that was powerful within itself and different. Mm -hmm. Also, just the R&D structure was Mm -hmm. different. So, like, coming into P&G and having to say, like, okay, am I going to be a formulator? Am I going to be a products researcher? Am I going to work in process? Am I going to do like uh, microbiology? Like so mm-hmm. many things, like it's so many like functions, so many ways to go. Yes. That was new. Yes. 
to understand yeah. like, okay, what do these people do? And then the biggest difference for me is just like the impact. Because in academia, you know, your research and everything that you do, it goes so far. Yes. But just to be able to have the resources mm-hmm. and like just measurable like impacts, mm-hmm. measurable like influence, like, hey, like I really can influence something that can, you know, be global. And that's just mm-hmm. crazy to like, even like grasp that it can be like, what? So yes, yeah, just yes. all the technologies, the resources, like mm-hmm. not only like materials and funding, but like the people, mm-hmm. like yes, the people, yes. the people are amazing. Like I'm, the yes. smartest people I've ever met, like the most helpful that's people. Awesome. That is so awesome. I feel like being in the corporate world, it's so important to work for a company that you're proud of. And it's so important <laughs> to work for a company where the people are not just smart. Like you can go to Yale, Harvard, here, there. You can find intelligent people, but people that are smart and kind and helpful and understand that life in the career is a journey. And being able yes. to support people where they are, like... That is so important. I'm experiencing that now in my job, but it's amazing. It's amazing to just work at a place where people are imparting into you. So that's so awesome. That's so, so, so awesome. (laughs) So Tori, right now you are a product R&D researcher, but you started off in the company as a formulation R&D researcher. What are the differences between these? If someone is studying chemistry, like, Explain to them what exactly those two roles are, what you do in a company, and how your skills transition into that. Yeah. So as you said, I spent the first five years of my career in formulation. In the past like four months, I've actually transitioned over to products research. So I haven't been in this role that long. Although mm-hmm. like throughout my career, I've kind of like learned a lot about it or dabbled in it with specific projects that are, you know, more like products research focused. But the transition has been amazing for me because like in formulation, you're actually closer to like the ingredients. You're closer to like the technologies Um, and products research. You're more like closer to the consumer and the consumer actually becomes your best friend. And I think that's what I love so much about products research is just like, okay, I have this best friend. I'm designing this for you. I'm learning about, you know, all of your issues, any tensions that you have, I'm trying to solve for you. Like I'm your spokesperson at this company. So that's something that I hold definitely like super close to my heart, like just to be able to advocate for people and just, you know, be able to learn from them to be able to influence the development of products that can actually solve issues and make people feel good. But yeah, when you think about like a formulator and formulation, I really worked really closely to technologies, actually being in the lab, developing the formulas. So creating, identifying different technologies. Um, what else did I do? Just assess ingredients, mm-hmm. access like the physical properties. And these are new products, old products, all products. So I actually worked in FEI, which was more upstream. So it okay. was a lot of like the new innovation, like, okay, this will, you know, mm-hmm. come out years and years from now. So really yes. like the front edge, like innovation, like identifying what's the next big thing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely did a lot of testing, mm-hmm. product performance, mm-hmm. product properties. So it was very quantitative, yeah. <laughs> a lot of data to yes. sit down and go through and figure out, okay, you know, 
what product is doing the best, what product mm-hmm. is different from this first product that I developed. So really trying to differentiate into different spaces from a formulation point of view. And then product research, you know, when you think about product research, you really are that voice like for that consumer. Yes. So I spend a lot of time talking to people just to understand like their product usage experience, just their experience with skincare in general. I analyze a lot of Mm -hmm. data Mm -hmm. as well. I analyze a lot of consumers to see like, what Mm -hmm. are you doing? You know, what are you buying? What are the Mm -hmm. trends? Like, what do you need help with? And then it's like just so much more. But I definitely will say products research is a little bit more qualitative than quantitative. If, you, if you're thinking in that aspect, for sure. And I'm sure just being on the quantitative formulation side for so long, even when you're having these discussions with the consumer, I'm sure your brain is thinking, oh, if this is an issue that they're suffering with, this is probably the best product due to this compound that may work. I'm sure your brain is just probably going my crazy. My brain <laughs> goes so crazy. I'm already like developing products in my head from end to end, recommending yes. things like yes. it goes crazy. And I think like I love that I spent the five years in formulation just to Built a, learn a strong more. foundation. Exactly, because it makes mm-hmm. my job now that much easier because then I can go yeah. to my formulator and, you know, mm-hmm. use different language that right. they know what I'm talking about. Like right. I can translate the consumer that much more easier to get to a quicker transition to develop yeah. the best products for her or for him. That's awesome, Tori. So what brands and products did you work on or which ones were most intriguing for you? If you can share that. <laughs> yes. So I mm-hmm. definitely worked on a lot of good products. So yes. I work on facial moisturizers. And one of the most exciting products that I got to work on was Retinol 24. It's a little purple jar. Like that's so close to my heart. Yes. Um, and I think it's so close to my heart because I actually worked on it as an intern. So, yeah, so it took about 10 years, like specifically Retinol 24 took about 10 years from like just the inception to the launch of the actual product and then being able to have like that real impact as an intern, like working on something that like wasn't going to come out for years and really being thorough and understanding the technology and understanding how it impacts the consumer and really making sure that she can see the results that she wants. That just like, oh oh my gosh. So yes, that Mm -hmm. project and that product is like my baby. Like, and it's just amazing to be able to go into a store and then see something that you work on, like on the Mm -hmm. shelf and like, just know Mm -hmm. that so many people, like I even go to like the reviews I'm yes. like, okay. <laughs> what are they saying about this product I helped make? <laughs> exactly. When I see like good yeah. reviews, I'm just like, oh my gosh. But like the team that worked on that, like, like I said, mm-hmm. it was not only me, it was a bunch of powerful minds that yes. spent a lot of time understanding the technology to make that big of a difference. And then I also had an opportunity to work on the Olay Ultra Rich moisturizer which you can buy that now it's so different it's so new and different it's a richer cream and it has like vitamin b3 it has shea butter like if you have not tried it you need to try it it's it's amazing and then i also worked on serums i always have my hand in something so yes and your skin is always flawless Thank you. I use Olay. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> always, thank always. Thank you. Flawless. Thank you. 
You're welcome, Tori. So, you know, we met because of a LinkedIn post from an Olay campaign (laughs) called Face the STEM Gap. And I remember seeing this picture of you. I'll link it in the YouTube channel. But I remember seeing this picture of you (laughs) on the campaign. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like Olay, there's a black lady she's a cosmetic scientist at Olay like this is just awesome who is this who is this person and I found you and I reached out to you and thankfully you're so kind and so friendly and yeah so like you not only work for P&G and you know focus on a lot of the Olay facial products but like you're also a STEM ambassador for them so what I also love about P&G is just how open they are to empowering the Black community and empowering women and empowering the STEM community. So tell us like why facing the STEM gap is important for you and how working for a company that values diversity and just empowering women in STEM, like how that speaks to you as a scientist and just what you do. Yeah. So like as a woman of color, Mm -hmm. a professional cosmetic chemist, like it's definitely important for me to be able to work for a company that values the same things that I value. Like Mm -hmm. even when like job searching prior to getting an internship, it was like, I'm looking on your dot com. I'm seeing what are you doing in the world? How are you helping everyone? So to see this in this company, it was just like, Mm -hmm. okay. You know, just amazing yeah. for me. But the Olay's mission to face the STEM gap by doubling two times the women of color in STEM by 2030. That was just an amazing experience I just got chills. Yes, like it's just so empowering. And as a scientist, like in the industry, to be able to be associated with such a big, you know, mission mm-hmm. is just like... Yes. Like, I I could never even like dream or imagine it. And then to see like the company provide like opportunities and resources to women mm-hmm. of color, to girls, mm-hmm. like everyone mm-hmm. to just, you know, get that much closer to being able to have a career in a male dominated like field is just like, yeah. like what's like, what's yeah, like amazing. I don't know. Like, it's like, you almost can't even like properly articulate like the impact that it will have for generations yes. to come. And it's just super inspiring to me. And also, like, we're doing a lot of work. So mm-hmm. we also have the Decode the Bias, which is actually launching, I think it's like National Coding Week. And we're sending a thousand girls to Code Camp with Black Girls oh my Code. Gosh. And it's like, I get chills. I too. love like, this. Every time I, like, I love it. Like, this. I literally have chills. Like, yes. it's amazing because, like, we need to diversify who is coding to be able to mm-hmm. impact just everything. Like, but, yeah. you need to diversify every field to be able to really, you know, be in the place that you want to be. So it just makes my heart smile. But like you said, like, you found me on the campaign. So I was in the magazine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I need the magazine, Tori. I need it. Yes, I, need I will to get send you a magazine. Copy. I will okay. send you a magazine. Yeah. yeah, so I was in the magazine. It was on mm-hmm. Olay.com. Just being a brand ambassador mm-hmm. for the Face System Gap has been, like, just an amazing opportunity. And we also did additional, like, science kits, which mm-hmm. was fun as well. So we were able to record videos. We created, like, trading cards. And then we sent them to teachers. On drones, right? Yes, on drones. I I remember reading that. (laughs) 
Yes, to inspire like young girls to pursue STEM careers. But we sent them to teachers and like STEM mentors just to motivate the kids, you know, because sometimes you like throughout your journey, especially as a woman, you come to some points where you're like, can I really do this? Like, it's not that many people that look like me you know, Mm -hmm. in this space. So just to push a child to go that much further and to let them know, like, you can do this. Like, you can do this. Like, it's just, like, (laughs) amazing. So I'm just, like, I'm always so amazed by what Olay is doing in this space. And I'm Mm -hmm. just, like, honored to be a part of the conversation, honored to be a part of, you know, everything that's going on, the execution like mm-hmm. what? sometimes mm-hmm. you know you can be in a room and you can have an idea but to be a part of the execution like I can tell my grandkids like yes. 30 years from now like I yes. was a part of this and you know it's kids that will become you know cosmetic scientists doctors you know they will stay in STEM because it's something that I helped with and that just right. Like, yes, I'm that's beautiful. Get cool, but it just no, this cool. is so awesome. And again, this is one of the reasons why I love PNG. Absolutely yes. love PNG for the yes. initiatives that they're doing, for giving us Black women in STEM opportunities, and creating missions that far surpass what we see today. Like just believing in the empowerment of women and the empowerment of women in STEM is amazing. So if we had one last word to share with your listeners, let's say some undergraduates are listening to you and they hear, you know, your story and how you made a beautiful career with your bachelor's degree. And as an undergraduate, what advice would you give to someone who was you, who's you as an undergraduate? gosh keep going keep going you are capable you have the skills if you're passionate about something make sure that you are staying up to par on what's going on in that industry it's Mm -hmm. sometimes you're gonna have to research some things on your own sometimes you're gonna have to find opportunities on your own and -hmm. you can do that and you can get that and it will help you so Mm -hmm. just stay focused stay motivated no is not acceptable answer like you can do whatever you want to do so dream big um because you'll get there awesome tori thank you so much for being with us today this was beautiful i can't wait to just view your progression and all of the amazing things that are happening at olay y'all heard her she's sending me a magazine so tori better send me my magazine And thank you so much. We have to have you back on the show, maybe do some mentor mentee work, but you're amazing and and thank you. You are too. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. That concludes today's episode of the White Coat, White Collar podcast. If you like these discussions and want to continue hearing more, please subscribe and leave a comment on the platform that you've tuned into today. For more resources on unique career options for STEM and healthcare professionals, please follow White Coat, White Collar on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you love what I'm doing and would like to be a sponsor to help me continue demystifying the career landscape, please visit whitecoatwhitecollar.com forward slash sponsor. Thank you for tuning in and all the best on your career journey. Remember, take the journey one step at a time and don't be too hard on yourself. You got this. Until next time.